This is Here Arizona, addressing issues, empowering our community. I'm Kathy Ritchie. I spent 10 years helping care for my mother after she was diagnosed with dementia. As a reporter, I'm taking a deep dive into the ups and downs of growing old. This is Here Arizona's Aging Podcast. I've had a lot of loss in my life in the past year or so, and it put me in a deep depression, and I couldn't really function that well, and I ended up here. A few months ago, I met a woman named Erin. She asked us not to use her last name. What were you doing before? What kind of line of work were you in? I was a business analyst. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Had you ever experienced poverty or homelessness before? Um, not until this depression hit, yeah. So let's talk about your finances prior to the depression and everything that happened. I mean, mm-hmm. did you feel like you were in a good position to grow older, take care of your oh, rent yeah. and all of those Yes, definitely, because I was making decent money. I had a 401k for retirement, and and then um, I lost my job, and I used the the money in retirement to survive, thinking I could get another job, and it just hasn't worked out. Erin has been out of work for four and a half years. Unable to pay her bills, she ended up staying at a downtown Phoenix shelter run by the Central Arizona Shelter Services, or CAS. I didn't realize the depression it was what was causing me not to be able to think and not to be able to focus and not be able to lead a normal life. And I came here to try and get out of my depression and um, get back in the workforce. Do you feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel? Well, yeah, I'm starting to begin to feel that way, yes. Um, when I first got here, I would say no. But then once I started getting into programs and I've been get, going to counseling now for, what, three and a half months... It's, it's helped. In addition to getting counseling, Erin also enrolled in a program that will help her get ready to re-enter the workforce. But she knows it'll be difficult for her to get a job because, for one thing, she's 59 years old. Erin is one of more than 4 million older women across the U.S. living in poverty. Lisa Glow is a director of CAS where Erin has been living. One out of every three person who's coming into our shelter now are 55 and older, men and women. One One out of three. three, One in three, and that's up 10% from just three years ago. This is a national trend. It is a national trend. In fact, nearly one out of every six women aged 65 and over in America are now living at or below the poverty line. That's according to a 2018 report from Justice and Aging, a national nonprofit that works to fight senior poverty through advocacy and legislation. So we're walking into the women's shelter where we have 120 beds that are always full, and it's an emergency shelter, so it's meant to be temporary as we help them get a permanent home and address all of the issues that may have brought them into homelessness. The majority of people who come to CAS stay less than three weeks, but older adults typically stay longer. Glow says that's because it can be harder to address all of the issues that lead older people to the shelter. It can be hard for them to find work, and they're more likely to have health problems. We're not equipped uh, to to deal with all of that. We're not funded for all of that. So just think about someone who's sleeping on the streets who has dementia, and that's the reality of what we're facing. The reason we're talking about seniors is because we think it's unconscionable that any senior would ever have to sleep on the streets. I mean, think about it, grandmothers and mothers and 
that's the reality. It hasn't always been this way. In the last few years, the number of older adults facing poverty has grown. We're seeing a very disturbing trend of individuals that lived middle-class lifestyles when they were working age becoming poor for the first time when they're older. And that's a shift. Kevin Prindeville is the Director of Justice and Aging, the organization behind the Older Women in Poverty Report. And we realized looking at the data that it's older women that are particularly risk at aging into poverty. Older women are about twice as likely as older men to be poor. Prindeville says there are many reasons for that, starting with differences in employment and education opportunities. Women, especially those from older generations, were often encouraged to pursue careers that don't pay as much, if they were encouraged to pursue careers at all. And today, in many industries, even when women and men do the same job, women are often paid less. Of course, women of color and LGBTQ women have it even worse. They face more discrimination in education and employment that can affect the kinds of jobs they get and the wages they earn. And when you think about the history of a woman who's 80 years old today, it, it makes sense. You know, a woman who is 80 today was already in her late 20s by the time the Civil Rights Act passes. She was well into her 40s before Title IX passes. A gay woman who's 80 today was in her 70s before she had the right to, to marry the partner of her choosing. And we know that there's you know, tremendous economic benefits that come to folks that are married through tax law and, and other ways. And then there's what Prindeville calls the motherhood penalty. Women are more likely to leave and re-enter the workplace to take care of their families. And that can have a big impact. Lifetime earnings of a mother with a child are 28% less than the earnings of a woman that doesn't have a child. That's insane, 28% less? Not only does that mean these women made less money over time, stunted salaries mean less money in savings, shrunken 401ks, and smaller social security checks. Prindeville says because of raising children or other responsibilities at home, there are so many women out there who depend on support from spouses or other family members, which can leave them financially vulnerable. And oftentimes for women, the experience of aging into poverty is correlated to some change in relationship. So they have a spouse that passes away or they have a divorce or other type of separation from a partner. This is exactly what happened to Susan Gozer. We were kind of like complete opposites. Susan and her husband Ronald were together for 38 years. Our personalities just melded together. Like, I like the outer part of the Oreo, and he liked the cream. He liked the chicken and the broth and the soup, and I liked the noodles. So we were opposite, but on the same page. <laughs> Ronald owned some restaurants and bars. Susan worked as a cosmetic consultant and as a nanny. They were comfortable, but Ronald had some health problems. Then their landlord sold the home they were living in, and the couple was forced to move. Then the family Susan was nannying for no longer needed her. And then Ronald broke his neck and could no longer work. And that was kind of the beginning of the end. They put their things in storage and were living in a motel, relying on disability coverage and social security. But with Susan out of work, they were barely covering the medical expenses, the rent, the cost of the storage unit. And I was sad. 
I used to joke with him. I said, you can't die with me because I'll be living on, a, on an expressway underpass. <laughs> Ronald died in November 2018. Unable to afford the motel they'd been living in, Susan actually did become homeless. So I was living in my car um, with my dog, my big chocolate lab. And um, it, it was, I didn't really like that. Uh, you have to go to McDonald's to go to the bathroom. And I don't know. I just decided to go camping. I've never camped before. <laughs> so I went to Walmart and I bought a $30 camp. And I went to the Goodwill and I got some padding and some sleeping bags. And Doc and I headed for the hills. Susan, a 65-year-old widow who was homeless for the first time in her life, who had never camped before, bought a tent. That was what she was left with. She lived in her tent in the McDowell Mountain Preserve more than three months. I think that people need to know this. There's different faces of homeless people. They're not that disheveled thing, which is horrible to say, standing on the corner dirty with a sign. You know, it's the person standing next to you in the grocery store. It's the person, you know, that you talk to in an elevator just because I'd, I'd, I'd never looked homeless, you know, was didn't, didn't make me any less homeless. After months of living in a tent, Susan had had enough. She started searching for an apartment she could afford. What she found was, well, nothing. Everything was either too expensive or just on the cusp of what she could afford and awful. It was, it was in a bad neighborhood, which is horrible to say. I mean, how I shouldn't be so picky. I'm living in a tent. But it's for my own safety and, you know, for my comfort. I, you know, I'm gone through enough, I thought. And then, finally, Susan found the Arizona homeless organization UMOM New Day Centers, she applied to live at one of their affordable housing complexes that was still under construction. She was approved. When I applied, I didn't even know where this was. I didn't care because my rent was going to be $700 a month. When I, she opened the door, I was it was like the Wizard of Oz going into color, you know? It was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was kind of like, wow, these these people really respect us. They're not treating, they're not cutting corners because, oh yeah, you know, they, they're lucky to have this, so we'll just do as little as possible to help them. After everything that she's been through, Susan finally has a home. But Prindeville says so many older women in Arizona and across the U.S. are still struggling to get by. And these are the women that have cared for us, our mothers, our grandmothers. They nurtured us when we were young. They served as teachers and nurses. Um, they've served our families and our communities their whole lives. And now at the end of their life, who's caring for them? And why as a society are we not pulling together to ensure a basic level of dignity and care that they're owed for all that they've done to care for us. So what can we do to make sure older women in this country don't have to worry about growing old and being able to make ends meet? Mary Funno is a professor of women and gender studies at ASU. She spent decades studying women and the economy. 
She says it's becoming harder for seniors to find housing they can afford. Housing is another factor where there used to be more subsidized low-income housing for seniors in particular, so they have to seek out shelters or they might become homeless. So more affordable and subsidized housing, more shelter services, even cheaper health care. These things would go a long way to prevent older women from ever having to sleep in the streets. But to really reverse the trend of older women ending up in poverty, Funno says we need to address the reasons why women are ending up poor to start with. She says that means we need to change the way we think. On one hand, we put women on a pedestal for having children, and we are so adamant about these rights to protect life and to protect women. But we don't do anything when it comes to ensuring that we've got really good child care, that a woman doesn't have to go back to work a few weeks after she's delivered a baby, which seems really inhumane. Um, They don't do that in Canada. They don't do that in the UK. They don't do that in Sweden. And those countries have the same, um, you know, gross national product. Those are industrialized, post-industrialized, wealthy nations. So there's something amiss in the U.S. uh, politics because when you ask people, they want more sick leave. They want paid maternity leave. They want these things, but we don't get them. The long-term effect of the challenges American women face is something Lisa Glow at Cass witnesses firsthand all the time. We have a crisis in our country of people becoming homeless for no fault of their own. They've done everything right. They lose a job. They get divorced. um, They have a medical crisis. And we don't have a safety net in our country to address that. This is across the nation. Right now, literally all of the organizations around town, CAS included, have wait lists. So when an older woman ends up on the street in Phoenix her options are extremely limited. We do not have enough funding for homeless services. Darlene Newsom is the CEO of UMOM. You just don't turn 65 and you're poor. Why are women, why are women experiencing poverty more and more? I think that there's, there's several reasons. I think a lot of it has to do with um, inequity in, in our pay scale for women. And most of the child-rearing costs are on the women. So we don't have enough support systems, including uh, financial assistance from the state. Um, The city of Phoenix has been a great partner in homelessness. They've been a great partner for us in opening the Holly Women's Center. And that was the first full comprehensive shelter available for women. And isn't it sad that it took to 2017 to open a full service shelter for women? And we know that about 30% of our women at the Holly Women's Center are 55 and over. So Glow and Newsom say increasing services to meet the demand of Phoenix's growing population of homeless older women is critical, especially because having a safe place to sleep can make such a huge difference in someone's life. And I stayed out there for 18 months. I tell people I was out on the street for six for six months, but I was actually out there for 18. And I didn't consider myself homeless, I just considered myself camping. Laura Weiler is 59 years old and is a resident at UMOM's Holly Women's Center. Well, I was working at McDonald's and had lost my job at McDonald's. And this was almost two years ago. 
and was staying at friends for a while, but apartment jumping, staying two weeks, moving to another, I just said, pee on it. And I found myself some sleeping bags and some pillows and what clothes I could bring with me and just started sleeping wherever I could and I just lived on the streets. Through UMOM, Laura finally found a dependable place to stay. Not only that, but the organization helped her rethink her career. We spent some time with Laura at Helpings Cafe, which is run by UMOM. She just completed a food service job training program there. And they help you with skills, knife skills, cooking skills, and then they help you find a job. And when I graduated this just this past Thursday, I got a set of knives, and they're nice knives, really nice. What did that mean when you received those knives? And To me, it's... Now, I can cry at the drop of a hat, and I do get emotional. And those knives, that's what I worked for, was those knives. With help from you, Mom, Laura just got a job for the first time in more than two years. The next step? Finding an apartment of her own. You know, I'll be sleeping on the floor for a while because I won't have any furniture, I won't have any bed. I'll have knives, but... <laughs> When I first walked in here at Halley, I'm sorry, I was walking with my head down, didn't like myself, didn't love myself. Now I'm in love with me, I like me, I walk with my head up, my shoulders back, I've got my confidence back, and that's what these people have do for you. place to come home to, a stable life that means so much. Can you imagine being homeless for the first time when you're over 55? You've already made a life for yourself. Maybe you've had a family, a career, and then everything changes. For women like Laura and Susan and Aaron and millions of others across the country, that's their new reality. We know programs like CAS and You Mom can help a woman turn her life around. But right now, those programs are struggling to keep up with growing demand for their services. Our mothers, grandmothers, sisters face so many challenges in the workplace, in the home, and in old age. If we can't do more to support them, what will their future be? You just listened to the Aging Podcast from Here, Arizona. That's H-E-A-R, Arizona. This podcast is made possible by support from the Nina Mason Pulliam Charitable Trust. We're hoping to start some strong communities and connect people through these stories we tell. So we hope you'll join in on the conversation. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. In this episode, you heard from the Central Arizona Shelter Services, you mom and justice in aging for more information about these organizations and other nonprofits that help fight senior poverty head over to our resource page at herearizona.org we also talked about the issue of affordable housing in this episode did you know here arizona has a whole podcast series about housing issues in our state it's called unaffordable and you'll find that on our website 
or on your favorite podcasting platform. Here, Arizona is a production of the Division of Public Service at Rio Salado College, which includes Sun Sounds, Spot 127, Soundbite, KBOC, and KJZZ. Rachel Aronoff and Katherine Davis-Young are our producers, and Linda Pastore is our executive producer. I'm your host, Kathy Ritchie. Thanks for listening.